podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombs Show. Good to have you with us as we look back at, well, it was a strange old weekend of football, wasn't it? Not exactly a classic, but... We are at a stage of the season now where there is plenty to be getting into. So that's how we're going to frame today's show. We've got Iron Mike, of course, in his regular Monday review slot. And he's bringing with him his power rankings. Iron Mike's top 10. So we're going to jump off uh, with the power rankings and then look back at some of the weekend's action and how teams that feature in that hot list fed. And of course, there are a number, I'm sure, that will be in the list that didn't play at all. How are they setting up at this stage of proceedings so a lot to be getting into so we'll kick things straight off with the fantastic iron mike Iron mike good to see you man uh fun things to kick things off i was working with oc yesterday up in media city in salford we were doing uh doing a question of sport an nfl special question of sport and it reminded oh, wow. me it was great fun and uh, they seem to record so many of them back to back. They'll probably be out in early to 2022. <laughs> but the it reminded us of when uh, me, you and I did that Washington Cincinnati game up there. Yeah. Uh, five, six years ago, must have been. And uh, and I pushed out on Twitter the picture of the three of us in the studio, but right. uh, said it really good fun recording the show with O.C. Minura and Bill Gates. <laughs> loads of people thought that Bill Gates had been on the show instead of you. That was in that that would explain why there were so many Bill Gates references on Twitter a, a week or so ago. Did you tweet that out again Come and start on, that? Because all of a sudden started, I got yeah. these, I kept getting these messages about you. Oh, you're Bill Gates now. And I'm thinking, yeah, I, I don't really see the resemblance. You know, I, I did put up a picture of Paul Newman today where he looks that. very much that. like Matthew, like, um, McConaughey. Um, Mac McConaughey. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really interesting. Plus he was Love carrying that. four beers, four and, beers, two, and, two beers and and wearing a, a you must day. get stoned t-shirt. I bet you have one of those back in the day. I bet you did. Uh, great <laughs> I, to see you. I had better than that, but I won't. Mm. This is a family audience. Family <laughs> show. Indeed it is. Uh, now, Mike, do you prefer, if you had to pick one, do you prefer a game played in fog? A fog bowl, a game played in snow, or a monsoon bowl? <laughs> I know where this is going, um, but monsoon is clearly the least preferable of the three. Um, I love fog games, but fog games are tough because they're they're if you're watching on television, especially they're hard to follow. Um, there was a brilliant one years ago in the playoffs in San Francisco with the 49ers, and I want to say the Eagles, but I'm not. I'm not quite sure. I watched it in a beautiful bed and breakfast up in, in um, the um, Sonoma Valley. And um, I just loved it, you know, because mostly because the television is forced to go to, to ground level cameras most of the time. Right. In the same way that you don't use your high beams when you're driving in fog. You, <laughs> you know, so you, right. your, limited, your limited perspective is better. But I love snow football. Snow is the way to go. You know, there's no business like snow business. <laughs> Did you play ever play in a snow game when you were uh, when you were? Oh, yeah. 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 I actually my last game in high school was a monsoon game um, <laughs> and we were playing Valley Forge Military Academy who ran the old army. Um, what do you call it? Lonely end. So when they would huddle their split end, it was about six foot five mm. um, and it caught tons of passes uh, would stay out of the huddle. And the team would come up and he'd be and then the quarterback would kind of sing, signal him the play. And we used we used a kind of Oklahoma front five man. I was an end. But against them, I split out. I was a split defensive end <laughs> and I played him head on as like a linebacker would or a safety would. And how did um, that go? And it went pretty well, actually. We saw, and and at, toward the end so. of the game, we were leading by I don't know if not many, not many points. And and toward the end of the game, as the weather was getting really, really bad, um, they ran him on a slant all the way across the middle, and I was running with him. And when the ball was thrown, I had, I would got in front of him and stuck out one hand, and the ball, which was basically the consistency of a slightly hard sponge. <laughs> 
<laughs> right in my hand and I intercepted it. Um, oh, I, I think I was the only defensive lineman in the state who had two interceptions on the season, um, one for a touchdown. And that probably got me into college. I love that. You, it's, you are Sean McVay-esque in your recollection of plays from uh, from years gone by. Loving that, Iron Mike. So it ended happier for you, that game, than, uh, than the Monsoon Bowl did for Carl Shanahan and the 49ers. So uh, everybody... But- Waking up this morning, Mike, and everybody is saying, well, stick a fork in him. Maybe even stick a fork in Shanahan. What's going wrong for San Francisco? Well, injuries, I think. And, and that will be his saving grace. I mean, if you really thought, if, if someone in, in San Francisco really thought he should you know, be fired, injuries would be the argument against it. Uh, I really don't see how you can. Um, you know, maybe they come back with his judgment on quarterbacks, you know, but again, I don't know if... If How Jimmy, so? What they should have shouldn't have persevered with Jimmy G and should, um, maybe should not have dra- had traded up in the draft to get Trey Lance. Maybe right. should have gone in a different direction with Jimmy Garoppolo. But I mean, mm-hmm. based on his partial season when they went to the Super Bowl, there was no reason to think Jimmy Garoppolo hadn't been a success and and probably wouldn't be, you know, in the future. Mm-hmm. But they've lost so many um, running backs, you know, and Kittle's out. Their their offense is very, very predictable. Um, it still was working well. They ran really well. Uh, but that second quarter in particular mm. was, you know, it was a clown, a clown show. It was it was like um, slapstick football and and not made worse, of course, by the NFL's quantum quantum refereeing. Um, <laughs> which where Bill Vinovich comes away from speaking to New York, like, like a kid who's just crammed for an exam and is trying desperately to remember everything that he's just crammed <laughs> as he explains it to the, to the audience, you know, right. the, 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 the punt, which was a muff and the kick gave it its impetus. Well, there were two kicks of the ball that I saw. <laughs> so which, which impetus <laughs> was impetus? more impetusiosity. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, but y- y- there's times when you watch a play and the mind recoils because mm. what they're explaining has no bearing or no, no alignment with reality. It's happening in a quantum universe. Um, you know, so <laughs> the guy kicked the ball. <laughs> he muffed the punt and kicked it while mm. trying to pick it up. Mm. It, his it was his impetus to put it in the end zone, and this thing that oh we never had possession until he was in the end zone. True, but if that's if that's the way you want to interpret the rule, then change the damn rule. Um, you know because a, a muff can be recovered. It's a, it's a free ball, right? You know, and uh, it just it just drove me crazy. It was like the Tyler, Taylor Haneke non touchdown. Oh, the, that was. You know, I mean, the mind looks at that and says he was not trying to give himself up. He was trying. What if he had just fallen? What if everyone just said, oh, he stumbled and fell? Would yeah. he then have been and down in. because yeah, yeah. he's wearing a quarterback's number? Yeah. You know, it, it makes no sense. And he, could, and, and he could tell as well that the crew on that um, were had to be reminded of the rule. It was that obscure. And I was watching it thinking, well, what? Why? You know, the, the fact that because he's a quarterback, he's giving himself up when it's quite clearly a yeah. conscious motion. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, the idea that there's no intent to give yourself up. Should ought to have some, some and, 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 and intent. And if you say, well, no, you could, then, then you could argue intent. I say, okay, then there's no reason to give yourself up. There's nobody <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's, you ask him, did you intend to? And if he says no, they'd give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe that's true. That yeah. yeah. Uh, there was, I'm trying to remember who the baseball player was. The umpires would actually ask if it was a ball or a strike. Yeah, because right. They, well, they were so cricket. confident. They were so cricket. confident that, that he would not lie. He would not lie. Well, cricket was, you know, back in the day was exactly that, right? You'd play, yeah. you, you would walk if you if you nicked it. Not anymore, of course, but back in the day. Right. Let's talk Carson Wentz because he's getting uh, right, <laughs> so a fair amount of praise because he's been under under a lot of fire, much maligned character in, in recent years. And obviously the start to his cult career hasn't been particularly auspicious, but we talked a bit about it on the show in, in recent weeks, haven't we, Mike, that Maybe the Colts are one of those teams that are better than their record suggests, and, and maybe they're, they're turning a corner. What, what do you make of his performance in particular last night? Well, I mean, like you, I was thinking up till this week that Wentz had been doing very well, um, not turning the ball over, which was the key thing, you know, not making crazy throws. Um, and, uh, and I think that was a, uh, a factor of the way that the offense has become kind of run centric and run, and lots of play action, yeah. which is much more like he was used to back at North Dakota state. 
And Frank Reich obviously had him when he was good. And so understands, I think, what he can and can't do. Right. And then he turned the ball over with that interception that he he potatoed to the defensive defensive tackle. <laughs> Literally, like he was the only guy open. He was two feet in front of him and he handed him the ball. Um, and I thought, oh, my God, it's Carson once again. But he recovered yeah. from that. Yeah. And, you know, the thing, their offensive line play is playing really well. Uh, they're doing a pretty mm-hmm. good job on protection. They're doing a great job of run blocking. Jonathan Taylor looks fantastic. I mean, if if Derrick Henry was not Derrick Henry, um, mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor would be getting a whole lot more That's, attention. I couldn't agree more. It's given what he's achieved, he just seems to be strangely underrated. I know Henry is the the standout back in the league. Yeah, and but part of that was that when they came in, they looked at him as being a power back, and they had Marlon Mack, and they've got Naheem Hines, and boy did Hines miss a beauty from i mean that ball was so good so well placed you know and yes. he could um but you know so they looked at him but now they they realize he's an every, he is an every down back and 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 um they they could do with wide receivers which is why last week when ty hilton came back i thought that was going to help them and it did um but i'm not sure how much ty's got left in the in the tank um and defensively they are what they are and have been with Eberfluss as the coordinator. They're very quick to the ball. They pursue great. They're so much like the old Indianapolis teams with, with Tony Dungy and, you know, um, yeah, with Freeney and Mathis and, mm-hmm. and Bob Sanders, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're built to pursue. Now those teams were built to pass rush when, when the Colts had a big lead, courtesy Peyton Manning and, and um, Wentz is no Peyton Manning, but, but, you know, I think, I think you're right. They're undervalued right now. Um, they're, they're obviously a team to watch and we'll see a lot next week when they play Tennessee. Cause that's a real con, you know, does their speed, right how now. does the, yeah. How does their speed factor in against Tennessee's power? Um, right. The Ollie and, uh, producer was telling me just before we started recording that game, because obviously Ollie pouring over the early lines on a Monday, because that you know he is ninety eight percent focusing on the gambling, two percent uh, everything else. <laughs> and it's open as a pick and Mike that game. Ollie was telling I'm me. I'm a little bit surprised at that, yeah. um, given that Tennessee's had two really good games in a row, right? Um, and that their defense has despite still not being very good has made plays yeah. um, when, when they've had to, had to uh, make them. What are you putting so, that yeah, down to? I, I would, I would, I would have thought Indy would be getting, you know, two and a half or yeah. so They're at, at home. right, right, so, yeah. right now, right even, now. At, even at home. Yeah. The, uh, the, let's move to the Titans because we're going to look at Iron Mike's, Iron Mike's power rankings. So your top 10 teams <laughs> in the NFL. So I'm sure the Titans will be on there in the top 10 somewhere. The question is, where will they be? Um, but just to, before we get to them, just because as you've mentioned it, the Titans intriguing for that very reason, right? That they are a, a, a team that is imbalanced and the start of the season demonstrated this and no one was really taking them seriously because in particular the defense yeah. was poor and on paper they, they clearly are but as you rightly say mike they're making plays and getting stuff done so is that down to Vrabel? is that down to good coaching what do you put it down to it, it they're not badly coached defensively they they it's really more that the secondaries they can't make plays and, and justin simmons up front can uh including I, I actually, well, who was it? I, I emailed to. I got so furious. A deadspin or someone like that had headlined a vicious hit on um, on Patrick Mahomes. Mm. I, so I sent them the definitions of vicious, and under none of the definitions did that was that a vicious hit. They did even you get, did you get a reply? The, the quote unquote reporter actually um, said an errant knee. So no. you know, it's an errant knee. How could it be a vicious hit? Vicious implies intent. <laughs> it implies a level of vicious, a level of viciousness, a level of ma- malicious yeah. conduct. Yeah. yeah. Um, and not, it was none of that. It was, it was basically a, you know, tangent, a co- coincidental hit, a collateral damage, as it were. I'm guessing um, you didn't get a reply back from Deadspin. No, I didn't actually. <laughs> um, I, I figured I'd get one from a couple of the trolls or someone like that, but that didn't yeah, come. That, that didn't coming. come either. Um, but the the interesting thing to me with Tennessee is that Tannehill is throwing more drop back and less play action. And mm. and you know our book on Tannehill was that if you could get them into a drop back situation, he would be less effective. Um, and you know my book on the game last week, I think I said it on this show was. Yeah, if Kansas City needs to play from in front, you want to make Tennessee play. Well, they were 27 nothing down. (laughs) (laughs) So you basically could stick could stick um, Derrick Henry's unicorn tail into that turkey. 
Well, they, they kept Henry in relative check. I mean, they, they paid a price for it, right? So looking at um, NFL stats and info, Henry faced seven or more defenders in the box on 26 of 29 rushes. So Yeah, and he had, what, 90 yards or so? Right. Um, and But yeah, but what that did, you know, and, and that's that's it's a great point because that's the colliery of Tannehill throwing better um, drop back. Uh, because if you're play, play, playing heavy boxes, you can attack them. You can attack them straightforwardly. Right. And AJ Brown has taken a, a you know a step forward um, this year, um, and is he made one brilliant catch? Um, that is that I because Julio's there? Do you think? I know Julio. Maybe it takes there. some of the pressure off, doesn't yeah. Julio? Made a brilliant catch too. Yes, I mean, he you know, he still he can't do it all the time. Is it? But. Um, I said somewhere last week, you know, he made a catch last week that was brilliant. And I said, you know, don't forget in that Super Bowl loss to the Patriots, if Julian Edelman doesn't make that mm-hmm. spectacular, you know, double double drop kind of catch uh, from the Jones Jones's catch on the series before that is one of the greatest catches of all time. Right. You know, and and in in the playoffs, but they they gave away the the field position much like the Lions this week who ran two successful fake punts and the successful onside kickoff and only got three points out of, the, <laughs> out of it. You know, Anything it sums up the Lions season. It more sums up the Lions to a T and the NFL hates onside kicks. I mean, you know, they, they're doing everything they can to get them out of the game, but there are a few plays that are more exciting. Well, the, yeah, the surprise onside kick in, in particular. And, and that yeah. one was executed really well. Um, it still needed a break because the one guy, um, for the Rams who could have got it, missed it. Mm. Um, and then you saw Philadelphia try to surprise onside kick and, and Jake Elliott. It was a, it was a weird kind of step over the ball and, and then kick it. So it would look like normal motion. Yes. And Elliott kicked it almost straight ahead, but to a space between two players and appeared to hesitate before he dove for it because he knew it had to go 10 yards. People were saying he was was afraid to dive on it, but if he dies on it and it doesn't cross by that time, the other two guys had got there first, but no other Eagles were near them. It was like, (laughs) was this really a one man on kick? Sorry, Jake. (laughs) Maybe that's Jake Elliott now for explaining why, uh, why it's hello. Give him back up. Hello. Hello. Hey, Dan. I thought the only person that couldn't be was Danny Latino because he's in Dubai. <laughs> oh, you got back. I didn't realize you were just going for the weekend. I'm doing the podcast. So ex- excuse me while I pod. <laughs> oh, I, I can't wait. <laughs> Amazing. Um, is there anything if there's if if a, a, a successful onside kick is one of a surprise onside kick to be precise is one of the uh, the most fun things to watch in football is an unsuccessful onside kick one of the the, <laughs> the most utterly disappointing particularly if you do recover it but it hasn't gone ten yards that's like so if you yeah that that's it, always that's yeah. always uh, you know and I don't know how much time teams spend practicing onsides now given that. You know, if you do at the end of the game, you have to have, you know, five guys on one side of the ball, five guys. You know, you can't get a running start. You know, everything's designed to to make it not work. Yeah. And um, I, I I just think I, I, I seem to remember the stat that expected onside kick only worked like 20 percent of the time back in the day. But mm-hmm. but surprise ones were like 50 50. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we think back obviously to the Super Bowl with the Saints, the Saints and the, sure. the surprise the surprise onside kick at the start of the second half. Um, I think it's one of the great plays in football. I, I hate to see it go. You know, it's yeah, much I like agree. much like kickoff returns. Yeah, um, yeah. And and I'm not convinced that the damage done justifies it given the overall la- level of damage done that Across takes place game. in football yeah, yeah, yeah sure it's a very fair point god i think that saints onside kick that must go down as one of the gutsiest calls in the history of sports right to be coming out of a locker room at halftime thinking we're gonna go do this in the super bowl oh my god the kahunas are on sean payton let's so look the titans must be in your power ranking so we got i might you got it if you got it you've actually got the rank 10 to 1 as well should we do it that way so um no let's start from the top because and there's a reason there's a reason I'm saying that is mm. is because you've got in, in the two conferences, you've, you've got a, a real sort of imbalance. Um, and I think the, the NFC has 
what might be the top two teams at the moment. So right, let me guess the New York Giants. <laughs> right. Um, the Tampa and Green Bay. Are your but top but, two, but then you have then Tampa and Arizona, I, I would, oh, I would suggest. Yeah, yeah. But um, but then you have, you know, a few others in, and then nothing, you know. Um, but in the <laughs> AFC, you, you've got you've got a lot of I, I, I think I think my breakdown is six. No, it's, it is five, five, but there's, there's probably four other teams in the AFC that would be in consideration. Whereas the, the best teams, not in the NFC, not in my playoff thing are new Orleans who could be four and two, if they beat Seattle tonight, right. um, Minnesota, who's three and three on the bye, Yeah. And the Seattle who's two and four, but could be three and four if they, if they beat new Orleans. So, I mean, that's, that's a group sitting down, you know, so Probably Tampa Bay right now, Tampa Bay is my number one. Um, Buffalo at four and two is my number two, because I think both their losses were close ones to good teams and they might not come back and beat them again. So just Arizona, on those two teams, just yeah. on those two, Mike. So year on year is what I want to get your, your overview of year on year improvements or, or indeed regressions in, in, in different uh, different areas of, of the team. Tampa Bay, famously 22 starters or return, yada, yada, yada. Are they, as good as last year, are they better than last year. Where are you? Where are you? Where do they sit right now, year on year? Right now, they look better than last year. I think um, we'll, we'll have to see them in the meat of the schedule because they can obviously just tear apart teams that aren't that good. Um, you know, especially if you hand them field position like you like had um, on yesterday. Because they've had quite a good um, but they've had schedule, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah, surprisingly, one, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's because you know that's because they didn't romp through the season. Um, right, right. You know, thirteen and three or whatever. Um, right. And you know, the biggest difference this year is Vita V is there for the whole season, which I I mean he's to me one of the outstanding defensive players of the year at at the moment. Um, the big weakness would is that the secondary looks worse than last year. Um, and that's going to be their problem going forward. Um, and even with Gronk out, they've got OJ Howard back and Brady is kind of, kind of using Brate and OJ Howard rather than looking for Gronk as his, as his, uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, safe, not safe, safety blanket, yeah, comfort safety blanket. blanket. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, um, in the same fashion, he's starting to, you know, look at Mike Evans, more uh but that i think will come and go because teams will start keying on mike evans in the red zone and he'll go back to antonio brown or chris goodwin over the you know over the middle and you know scotty miller is not even hardly being scotty used miller, that's so weird you said that mike i was just about to say what about scotty miller or whoever so you know so i think they'll be they'll be prey to a good downfield passing team but i'm looking at their who schedule, can protect Mike, their quarterback not a huge amount of those coming up really if you look at you know they've got just well, there aren't a huge the amount of them in the league basically well fair right but then they've got the panthers twice the jets the giants i mean this is uh the falcons i mean the bucks could conceivably roll to 14 and 3 pretty comfortably oh yeah yeah Number i mean the, and you knew that at the beginning of the year because new you know traditionally new orleans is their only threat but right Right. But we don't, as I said, New Orleans is is not. It, New Orleans will be a difficult game for them defensively, but that that's the mm. easier part for them. It's the teams that will bother them offensively that that, right. that are really. So, what um, about the Bills then? Same question about the Bills year on year. Well, the, we were expecting, I think, the Bills to improve again. You know, they. I, I don't think they have in, in that sense. Um, the offense hasn't been able to. Stefan Diggs isn't in the top 10 receivers right now. Uh, they can't, their teams are trying to shut him down and they haven't really rebalanced the offense uh, to take that into account. Um, Dawson Knox has stepped up, which, which is a good thing for them. But um, defensively, I think that in it's, it's almost, it's almost the plexiglass and everything kind of worked right for them last year. And now it's, it's bouncing back a little bit because Sean McDermott's defense is fairly predictable. You know what he's going to do, and they win by executing really well. Mm. Um, so team teams are kind of prepared or preparing for that. But like I said, you know, they lost to Tennessee when they went for a touchdown and didn't get it, right? right. Um, and they had that game. That game was in. I'm 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 giving Tennessee lots of credit for that, but I don't take away very much from the Bills 
you know, in, in Tennessee to lose like that, you know, um, in a game that wasn't, didn't go quite the way they would want it to. And, and they'd have to worry about giving up all that yardage to Derrick Henry, but it did, it doesn't stop my ranking. The performance, um, not the result. Yeah. Is, yeah. is key there. Okay. So there you, they your top two then. Um, yeah. who's number three on the list? Well, three, I was, I was kind of torn, but Arizona mm-hmm. and four Baltimore. And again, you know, Baltimore's has been up and down. Injuries are, are hurting them. Their O line now, as well as their running backs, so that's that's a major a major factor for them. But I'm kind of basing it on 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 the overall. And they're another team that you know they got blown out. They blew out the Chargers, then they got blown out um, in, in a kind of bounce back. Arizona, are they for real? Is the big question. Is their offensive line good enough to do what they've been doing? Their defense certainly seems to be. They didn't have Chandler Jones this week um, and uh, didn't didn't seem to miss him. J.J. Watt made a couple of big plays. Of course, that was Houston. I mean, mm. um, you know, they covered a 17 and a half point spread against Houston, um, which is part part of the problem. Um, also, just in terms of this, remember, three of the teams in my top 10 were on bye weeks this week. And Minnesota and Pittsburgh, who are both three and three, were on bye weeks. So what you had this week was mismatch central let's yeah let's stop talking about oh game decided in the last three minutes the nfl this is the witching hour when wins uh <laughs> yeah arizona's game against houston was it wins weren't going to become losses <laughs> and losses weren't going to become wins Come on, ditto, Scott, we've got ditto tampa got sell it. He did, was ditto the, the raiders ditto the rams you know ditto the patriots mm. uh there were a lot of um and then, and again, the best game of the weekend probably was a game between two non-contenders, uh, Arizona and Miami. Um, Atlanta so or Miami? That, that, yeah, Atlanta and Miami, sorry. Um, so, yeah, Arizona, Baltimore, that's four and five. Then, Oh, oh, oh Mike, hold your horses because sure. a quick, quick, quick follow-up question on each of those. So, so, and particularly, that's three and four, I should uh, say. Three and four, exactly right. So Baltimore, you have a four. So, so break down a little bit more what went down against the Bengals because well, the, the ground game, the, which is hodgepodge and, and, it's and hodgepodge. That's a good word for it. Um, and the pass game was a bit erratic. Ho- Hollywood Brown actually is playing really well right now, which they need. Um, but I, I thought this one was down to Harbaugh because they couldn't really stop Cincinnati all that well. You know, they were running the ball pretty well. Burrow was making plays. Yeah. Jamar Chase is fantastic. You know, he's this was the kind of game that establishes you as a star. Um, yeah. But this whole go for it on fourth down business, they went for it in their own territory on a fourth and was it seven, fourth yes. and five, fourth and seven, with 11 minutes to play down 10. You still have to figure you can get the ball back twice more if your defense is because your defense has to play. Yeah, you know, people say, "Oh, well, the defense isn't playing that well." Well, yeah, and but you can say, "Okay, point. we're going to take it." But but if you don't make it, your defense has to play well just to get you the ball back because you're giving them a short field. Mm-hmm. I would have gone the way coaches traditionally would and punted the ball away there and and then you know get the ball back, get another score, and then you know then you're down into a one score game. Um, so I you know. I think I think that game showed it's, you it's more. A great point. It's just on that, mate. It's a great point you make. I, I do. We've definitely talked about it before. I do feel there is an overt aggression. I know that the analytics and it's the data and there are numbers and, and most coaches will go by the book. You know, maybe with you know X percent going with their gut, looking at situation. It's a point you've made in the past that the book doesn't all well certainly doesn't reflect situation because it can't. Right? It's analytics and data. But I feel that there is an a, a, a predilection to to go for it. P two gung ho and year on year on year it seems to be that way and and, and it, it definitely caught out the Ravens yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I, I can understand when a coach says you know like Bill Belichick did when when they went on their own twenty two or whatever it was on fourth and two against the Colts in a mm. playoff. You know that I just didn't think we could stop Peyton Manning if if we gave him the ball back. So right. I wanted to keep it out of his. I can understand that. You know, that's that's a legitimate kind of argument for taking that risk, knowing you you're probably going to lose the game if you don't get it. Um but I think teams now are going for it because there's this kind of momentum built up. No bis no risk it, no biscuit. Yes. Um kind of thing. And and at times they're losing sense of the of the I hate to use the word traditional, but let's call it the yep. traditional balance of field position, defensive play, 
time left in the game and all. And, you know, and at 11 minutes in the fourth quarter, you're not really under the pressure that demands you, you take a real risk. And there's a big difference between a fourth and seven and a fourth and one, you know, in terms of your ability to, what you're gonna call. Yeah, yeah. What can you? All right. Uh, on just on the the Bengals quickly. Uh, well, actually, no. Maybe I'll hold my horse. The Bengals going to make an appearance in your top. Yeah, they, they right, So do. I'll hold that question. Now, here's the problem. The first four I've got pretty set, <laughs> and then I was looking, and I had in some order, probably Green Bay, Rams, Dallas, so and Green then Bay five, Rams six. Dallas well, that's six. what I originally had, mm-hmm. and then I had Tennessee. Cincinnati and the Chargers. Okay. Okay. So. Now I'm not convinced <laughs> what are that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not convinced either of the order. I mean, I think I, I think it was Tennessee, Cincinnati, Chargers. If I if I said it wrong, Tennessee would be. Oh, that's what you said. Yeah. Eight yeah. Eight. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm not I'm not convinced of the order of those teams within the groups. And I'm not convinced the NFC group is actually that much better than the AFC group um, of three and three. But I I think, I mean, it's hard to ignore green Bay simply because it's Rogers, but I want, I I watched a lot of the, the the game against WTF. Yes. And, and um, (laughs) you know, and they never dominated that game. You know, it was the Packers. Yeah, yeah. It was kind. It was an almost typical Rogers performance. You know, it, it's like we go ahead and then ho oh, um. You know, if we need a score, we can get one. You know, and mm. and and to keep it. So Dallas on the bye week. I would have liked to see them this week. I think they're a balanced team, like Tampa. Um, defense not like as not as balanced, but the defense yeah. is picking up picking up what damn Gan Quinn is trying to do. Mm. And in fairness, he's adjusted. He's no longer doing a Seattle kind of uh, cover three, cover one defense. Um, and he's adjusted to what they have. It's a lot more like a Tampa too, that he's like, like Atlanta played um, um, plays now more, more or less. It's hard. It's hard to, but in the secondary. Um, is, there enough, the, is there enough strength in that, in that, though i mean if because we, we're talking he's, now about he's got a couple of really good playmakers and that's that's what they depend on they're another team with a weak secondary um you know but parsons Diggs notwithstanding right so he, yeah well you know we were talking about Diggs, and i didn't i don't think he's i over-hyped. mentioned i don't think i mentioned when you you know because i was talking about his turnovers but you know he gave up the touchdown pass last week mm-hmm. um the 75 yarder because he made a play on the ball um, there's an upside and a downside to knowing you can make plays and wanting to make plays, but right. but actually being beaten in coverage if you miss. Um, so sure. yeah, I'm not taking anything away from him. I, I don't think, but I'm not over. I'm trying not to overhype him. That's mm. all. And the Rams might be the best of those three teams, but you know it, it's 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 hard to tell um, because I think defensively they're another team dependent on two or three players. Yes, more than anything else, and offensively. The Lions did a pretty good job of holding them in check, um, you know, and and really they were they 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 ran the ball pretty well. Henderson uh, played pretty well, um, but they it was Cooper Cup, it was Stafford to Cup that was really the key key and third for downs Cooper. as well, right? They were nine of thirteen on third yeah. down the Rams, and yeah, Cup again. I mean, that is a uh, remarkable tandem that those two have, have built up. What do you make of the the Jared Goff revenge tour? Because we talked about the moxie of the Lions and and the guts and the throwing everything. <laughs> well, I mean, they they are what they are exactly what Dan Campbell promised they would be. They right. they're on their knees and they're biting they're biting at your knees. <laughs> but you know you don't win games until your bite comes a little bit higher than the knee on on your opposition. Um, was on the show last week, as you well know, long. Uh, Long-standing friend of the show, as you, uh, as you know, a Lions fan, Mike, and he was lamenting how poor the receiving core is in, in particular. So on that basis, and I know Swift had a brilliant game again, but yeah. Jericoff doesn't have anything around him. So how much? No, I, I, I agree with you. And, and I, you know, I said last week, you knew what Jared Goff was when you, when you traded for him. Yes. Um, so then now the question is, can you coach him to get the best out of what he is? And I thought he played a pretty good game. 
they they did that for most of the game. He threw one bad interception, which killed them um, toward toward the end of the game. Um, but you're right; he doesn't have a great receiving core, uh, and and they could use that. His offensive line has has been in and out. Uh, and of course, with Goff, you need to be able to protect him. Um, but you also do that with play action and with let, with moving him around um, outside outside a pocket. So um, I don't think I don't think the book's finished there. But he's the kind of quarterback who would be effective on a good team and much less yes. effective on a bad team. Great, so great. it's odd that a team that you you know that knew they were not going to be good in the <laughs> no, in Dan in Dan yeah. Campbell's first year would, would yeah. assume he'd be the best kind of quarterback it. Um, well I guess well, well what else we're gonna get with the deal and <laughs> we can live with that. It could be, yeah. I, yeah, we need a quarterback in return. I mean, for example, if Houston were to trade for, for Deshaun Watson this week, they would probably get Tua in, in return. Yeah, sure. Well, now help me understand that, Mike, because I, I had a Ollie and I talked about this on Edge Rush and I had a, a good old rant about how, for all kinds of reasons, how ridiculous I, th- I think it is. What's your take on the fact that Dolphins are sniffing around to Sean Watson? Um, it's probably too early to give up on Tua. At least if it costs you a lot, if it costs you a lot of capital. Now, his presence might mean that it wouldn't cost them that much in terms of draft picks and that kind of thing. And, and of course, given Watson's situation, it shouldn't cost them that much uh, because you might get him and then have the commissioner. If you're an owner, the commissioner doesn't like, he might put him on the, you know, commissioner's reserve list immediately. Although that's reserved, as I understand it, for criminal charges and no criminal charges have been filed against Watts. Uh, this is a very good point. There, yeah. There there's a, a civil, there's a civil suit with lots civil, of people yeah, in it. Um, there is a police investigation. So and there's a police investigation, which so far has not charged him with anything. Right. Um, there's a, a, a couple of police complaints. People have been made, have been made, um, which isn't to say he's guilty or innocent or, or whatever, yeah, but that's that. just, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, and it, it would take a brave team to, to trade for him. Um, but you get the sense watching him last week in London, watching him in the game that he's limited. And you wonder whether the limitation is his rib injury, which mm-hmm. I don't think anybody is taking into account when mm-hmm. they discuss this issue. No, no one that I saw over the weekend, at least, or whether it is that he can't get the ball over the, over anything but slants. And I, I just thought against, against Jacksonville, it appeared to me he did what they asked him to do. And what they didn't ask him to do was throw deep. And since Tua was a deep thrower in college and a bit in his, the games he played in his rookie year, to his detriment because he wasn't doing very well doing it, I, I was simply assuming that his rib yeah. meant that he really couldn't get a, you know, couldn't get that, yeah, yeah. that long throw. Yeah. He seemed to have enough zip on his other throws. Yeah, um, I agree. I totally agree. I, I'm sure that that is a lot to do with it. And you're right. I don't think it is being yeah. certainly this weekend. It's a, it's being well-documented. It does feel, as he said, right at the top, but, far too soon to be yeah. moving on. Brian Flores kind of looked a lot like Mike Tomlin on the sidelines, which I, I'm not sure is a good thing. He really did. I mean, he was pulling up and down and I, and I, took a quick look and I thought, Oh, it's Mike Tomlin. I knew Pittsburgh was on it by. So he's got the beard. No, he didn't have the, and he didn't have a leather jacket, but then it's Miami. <laughs> yeah. It's 80 degrees. So you would be wearing it's Jack a, Del a leather Rio's jacket. Still, still um, wearing his leather jacket. I hope he Jack ought to be rocking that at every opportunity. <laughs> yeah, I hope he is. Um, but you know, <laughs> if you're, I, I don't know if you're going against Jack Del Rio, you have to figure your offense has got an advantage built in. Um, the other thing with Miami, of course, this was <laughs> National Tight End Day. I, I don't know who de- who determines what these things, but National Tight End Day was was yesterday. Um, that was great Mike, for you, Mike. Iron a Mike, tight end. yeah, of course. Uh, you bet the Wizard of Waggle, Iron Mike, the Wizard of Waggle was was on <laughs> all over this like a nickname? cheap like a like a cheap suit. Um, is that your nickname in college? But it wasn't then? a great. Did you, you go walk into bars and they'd say, "Hey, there's the Wizard of Waggle." I'd get a round of applause. No, they no, they didn't. didn't I didn't on. walk into that many bars. Didn't catch on. Oh yeah, sure. you know, it didn't get it didn't catch on. Iron Mike didn't catch on either. Um, <laughs> we put that. Then what like then what liked me called me kid. And and then what didn't call me dirtbag. 
<laughs> um anyway um but kyle pitts was great and mike gasicki was great in yeah, that game yeah. the two tight ends were, were spectacular <laughs> right. and gasicki was in london as well um mm-hmm. oh i'm um, a big gasicki fan like you know that let's have mike well, mike's uh t- tight end <laughs> yeah, we'll, rank. we'll do that we'll do that now. yeah we should uh, do that um Foster Moreau was was very good, which I thought was really important for the Raiders, um, who obviously miss John Gruden a lot. <laughs> well, I want to talk about the Raiders, so I've got a question for you on that. The Raiders, Foster, actually, the Raiders don't don't hit that top ten as you yeah, saw. Surprising, and, they're and bubbling just, under, I'm guessing they're bubbling under. And I and um, you know I, I'm not right now. Cincinnati to me looks like a balanced team, which and I like balanced teams. Um, they don't always, they're not always the ones that succeed in the playoffs because a great defense can stifle a really good offense. A great offense can, can beat a good defense. So if you're good on both sides of the ball, you often stumble in the playoffs. But right now when I'm ranking teams, I like that a lot. And I think Mm. Cincinnati is balanced. Um, and obviously they don't play that hard a schedule being the last place finishers last year. Right. So that that's good for them. The chargers hard to figure after that beat down they had in Baltimore, um, where you figure Justin Herbert's going to be able to, you know, compensate for a lot for them. So that's why I was saying you've got the Chargers. They're running ahead of Cleveland. They're running ahead of the Raiders, who are now five and two. Mm-hmm. Um, they're running ahead of um, Kansas City, and they're running ahead of Pittsburgh, who don't convince me of anything. But somehow they're three and three, um, yeah. <laughs> and they beat and they beat Buffalo in, in the first week every the year. That's like that. How are they at five hundred or you know, winning a record yeah. when they? Yeah, are? I mean so, they're at five hundred and the Chiefs aren't. Go figure. Yeah, right. Well, hey, let's talk Chiefs in relation to the Raiders because I can understand that. And you've you've put forward a strong argument as to why they are just missing out in the top ten. Although I'm sure some listeners might think they they deserve a shot looking at looking at their <laughs> record and the way that they they're playing, particularly post Gruden. Who is more likely team more likely? to make the playoffs do you think the chiefs or the raiders that's a ooh, that's a tough one because you've got the chart you got to figure the chargers into that equation as well um so right now right now i would think the chargers have the inside track at the division although it's not much of an inside track um and the chiefs schedule has to get a little bit easier it, it doesn't actually they've got the jets and then next week they, the week after that they've got green bay so that doesn't really make it easier but um they played a very difficult schedule in the in the first their four losses are to good teams um and then when you look at the wild card you have to figure that at least one and maybe two wild cards are coming out of the north probably not the south although indianapolis and tennessee could you know, could eat up on, on Houston and Jacksonville and, and not, you know, not stumble. What do we probably think? Is not the record 10 and seven in the AFC? Is it going to be, do you reckon nine probably, and eight? Yeah. And, and your problem is that when you're in a division, you're when you're in a division like the North or the West, you're going to lose games in your division. Um, right. So, you know, so like tiebreaker games become really important when you win AFC games out of you, out of your division. And, and, and it gives an advantage to um, say Indianapolis um, or um, or Tennessee, but so I, I I reckon that you're looking at three from Cleveland, Cincinnati, or Baltimore. Yeah, Char- Chargers. Well, four from Char- Chargers, and and someone you know something's got to go there. Um, and right now. I think the least talented of those teams probably is is the Raiders. But they've also got a quarterback who's playing really well. Yeah. Without without huge receiving options, you know. And what what did he go? He was 32 for 35. Yeah, 34, 31 for 34. 31 for 34. He had three incompletions, one of which was an interception. So he only had two passes that someone didn't catch. Well, you've got, you say, so you say he doesn't have enough options around him. They, Ruggs, Renfro, Waller, of course, what was, wasn't factoring yesterday. Edwards, who I I like, yeah. And the aforementioned Um, Foster Moreau, who presumably, Mike, is the uh, tight end in the game right now, maybe in the history of the game, 
that is most plausibly a 19th century uh, American romantic author with the name Foster Moreau. I mean, <laughs> or painter, yeah. <laughs> or painter, um, yeah. yeah. The, um, <laughs> the uh, Foster Moreau was always the guy who would leech the fantasy touchdowns. Mm. You know, you, you would be betting the Raiders and, and so-and-so will score a score, and then it would be Foster Moreau who got the touchdown because no one's <laughs> right. defending him because no one recognizes who he is or whatever. Um, it, yeah, I mean, Ruggs is a deep threat. Renfro's a decent possession receiver. Edwards is the guy who could probably become you know, they're, they're number one or, or whatever, but there isn't, I don't see people ski. You you have to avoid being beaten deep by rugs, but you don't scheme mm. against Renfro or Edwards to, not to beat you. Um, and they, they're running the ball better. And I think Carr is probably playing a little bit better simply because Gruden isn't sitting there ragging his butt. Sure. Um, oh, I, no, sure I love you. I love you. Why did you sure throw that pass? Why did you do that? Why did you do that? Why didn't you do that? I would have done that. You know, I'm sure that's what he got all the time from them. So they're like a team set free. And what and, a Kenyon uh, Drake, by the way. Uh, and, and he wasn't playing under Gruden, you know, enough. And and he and Josh Jacobs are a great complimentary yeah. pair, you know, because the moment they signed him, I thought that I thought that's a great because yeah. they got they, remember they got the Raiders got Mayo got slagged off a lot in the offseason for that deal. And I thought, wait a minute, it's they, they complement each other really well in terms of their style. And then as you say, Kenny Drake's anonymous. Now Gruden's gone. He's averaging 4.9 we average, I should say. They both had yeah, they 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 both carry pretty they much, both yeah. were just under five a carry. They both caught the ball. Well, actually, yeah. Jacobs caught the ball more than Drake did, but Drake can catch the ball. We know that. So it, it keeps defenses off balance. You know, mm-hmm. when when both when your third down back can do both the things your first down back back does. Right. Um, so I mean, I'm I'm not talking them down, obviously, but that it's a great question. How many weeks do you give Patrick Mahomes a pass? You know, when, how, how many weeks do you say, oh, he's going to be like Patrick Mahomes of old this week? Yeah. I mean, they, they've been saying that now for five weeks. Um, I, I was, you know, I was saying that the fault was in, was more Mahomes than the defense, but the defense has been even worse the last couple of weeks. Um, they, they actually didn't do a bad job, as, as you said, but they were selling out against the run. Right. And, and they, and, and I tell you the other thing about watching, this week's games is at what point does the league change the rule so that coaches will start teaching defensive backs to look back for the ball? I mean, this whole thing of, of trying to guard the guy's eyes and arms and hands um, when you, and when you're beat is simply a way of letting defensive backs get beat and stay in the play. Mm. Let's get rid of it because what's happening now is you're getting these bad thrown balls. You're getting you're getting guys who are covered, but if the if the defensive back simply concentrated on the ball instead of on tying yeah. up the guy, and yeah. and pass interference has become such a um, such a random random event now, the quantum NFL universe, um, the interception. I mean, the Niners were awful. The Emmanuel Sanders, not Emmanuel Sanders, Emmanuel, the defensive back was literally just running up and grabbing guys in face to face, you know, like bear hugs. (laughs) And then when, when Indianapolis bear hugged, um, was it Debo? I forget who it was, but the interception for the, for this, the touchdown where he stepped out of bounds right Mm -hmm. after making the interception, he tied him up from behind. He gave him, Mm -hmm. he gave him a bear hug from behind. Mm -hmm. And then when the ball came, he let go of him and, and caught the ball. And I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, you're in front of two officials right there, and and none, neither of them thinks this is this is an odd thing for defensive back. Is that like the NFL equivalent of having something hidden under the ring that gets uh, pulled out? And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's what it's coming to, isn't that yeah. what it's coming to? Right. It's like they, they go to replay, you know, because the referee didn't see it, you know, yeah. and and, <laughs> and therefore we're, the, the belt not see the belt yeah. can't the belt can't change hands. <laughs> sure. um, yeah, it. it it really is the the other the other thing I needed to mention um, hmm. is have you ever heard of scoragami? Yes, I have heard. Well, funny enough, producer Alan and I were talking about scoragami just moments before we started recording the show. Yeah, because we had a scoragami game, um, which Houston is basically game, right? when you find a score that has never happened in the NFL before. Uh, and Arizona 31, Houston five. five There's yeah. never been a 31 to five game in the NFL. Has there been a five three because or a three two? 
because we were <laughs> that thinking game should have ended five yeah. <laughs> three. I think there has. I'm pretty sure yeah. that there has been. I don't know about three two, but I'm pretty sure there's been a game that ended five three. I mean, I thought I was. I thought I'd turned on the MLB playoffs. <laughs> it's like Houston's ahead five three. Oh, it's okay. The Red Sox are going to hit a home run. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's a late night Syria game. I thought I was watching the um. Just one more for you, Mike, on on the Chiefs, because I know a lot of listeners will be thinking, well, uh, and you've talked a a bit about why they have come unstuck compared to the the heady heights of recent years in certain games this season, taking away the deep threats, taking away the big time players, and they they didn't have an alternative. Yeah, everybody's and everybody's doing this. I don't care what they say. Oh, we're not lining up in too deep, but everybody is doing that. Everybody is doubling on at least on the side where Tyreek Hill is uh, with somebody way over and they can't take advantage of it. So, but they were so bad. I mean, the the offensively was so bad against Tennessee. And as we've established, not a a, a particularly auspicious defense. So is this just a combination of things happening at the same time? Because I know there have been errant picks, you borrow your word, errant picks. There have been uncharacteristic mistakes that might level out statistically as you look through the course of the season. But Kelsey looks really wound up and... Kelsey looks tired to me. Tired. He he looks like he's beat up, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Like he... Could be banged up and playing through. They, yeah, they've, they've been used. I mean, they've had to use him a lot. As I said at the beginning, I thought they missed Sammy Watkins more than they thought they would. Yeah. Because he's such a dependable third option. Yeah. Nicole Hardman doesn't do it. You know, um, he can't he can't be Tyreek Hill, too. And, and Pringle, and you know, they're just guys. Um, mm. They missed Williams, I think, too, as a running as a receiver, as much as a running back. Um and that's that's been a pro that's been a problem for them. The O line hasn't gelled the way they thought it would, which none of us expected. Mm-hmm. Um, we sort of assumed that everything would would work well with with the guys they had. Uh, and but the problem in the end boils down to the defense not being able to stop anyone and Mahomes not being able to play a controlled game. They were forcing him out of the pocket. And then pressuring him as well. He wasn't getting hardly any easy throws. Um, and he was forcing balls. He was throwing balls that missed. Um, and we don't, we don't expect that. But we've been saying, like I said, we've been saying that for five weeks about Mahomes. And so at some point, you just have to accept that it is what it is. This is this season. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and either Andy has to somehow rejig things um, or, um, you know, or have everybody sit down and take a, a little bit of quiet time uh, and, and come back, uh, come back differently. They'll, they'll have the jets this week, which is the equivalent of a bye week plus points. <laughs> um, so that's, that, that that's Rufus like that. Rufus like that. One. I mean, really, I, I mean, <sighs> Sam Darnold, I know is not a jet anymore. But I, I said last week, Sam old, Sam Arnold, you know, Sam old Darnold. Um, if he played any worse, he'd be doing commentary with Mark Sanchez. <laughs> I mean, what does it take to keep them out of the box? If you're a New York Jets quarterback, you automatically get into the commentary box. I, how it's bad? A you, it's a big yeah, I mean, market. We're coming up to my, Mark Sanchez Day in America, otherwise known as Thanksgiving Day, the, the anniversary of the fight. To the Sanchez, he did at least. He, at least he was the quarterback of a of a championship. I know he had one he, one good year. Yeah, he he did have good, a good one good year. Sam Donald could be. Uh, Ollie was saying this, making this point before before we started recording that it Donald could be done. I mean, this could be the chance he might get benched if he doesn't. If he loses his starting job permanently in Carolina, that's he's in well, the, you know the nether world of backup. Yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think they go with PJ as yeah. their starter because I just don't think he's up to it really. Although but Donald he, is. <laughs> he played he played for rule. Yeah, but the, the point is he's not anywhere. I, I'm amazed and and you know let's let's talk knees. Colin Kaepernick is still unemployed. Yeah. So but so is Cam Newton. Yeah. Although did, I mean, you, you could bring Cam Newton, Cam Newton down to Carolina again. And that's you know, love that idea. Your fans, your fans would love it. Um, I don't know, you know, if Rule and, and Joe Brady would, but Joe Brady, Joe Brady has just last year, <laughs> and after the first three weeks of this season, I would have thought in terms of coordinators, Joe Brady and Wink Martindale 
were like mm-hmm. the two hot coordinators who were going to get head coaching jobs. Wink, I don't know. I don't know why he never got interviewed last year. Maybe there's something about him that, that owners don't like. Um, but everybody says he's great, a great guy. Um, Phil Snow was moving up the list as defensive coordinators. And he's still actually their defense still plays pretty well, Carolina's defense. Um, but Joe Brady's credentials as a, as a quarterback whisperer are seriously under threat with Sam Sam Darnold. <laughs> Could be responsible for two careers. Two careers. Uh, it was um, it was Seattle that tried out Cam Newton, of course. Was well, they they anyway. gave him a workout. Yeah, workout. Yeah, yeah. That was a while ago, though. Yeah, I mean, that was yeah. last year. That was no, no, wasn't it? No, did, wasn't it? When Wilson went down, they looked at him. Did I they mean, bring him yeah. in for another workout? Well, they talked to it. There were rumors that they were talking to each other. No, yeah, they didn't bring him in though because they brought him in and and Pete Carroll said all these nice things and then they just didn't bother to. Um, and I said at the time, he would be a great backup for Russell Wilson, Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because he has the mobility and all and, and he, and Russell Wilson never gets hurt. <laughs> Seriously, Russell Wilson had a bat. He had like a heavily sprained ankle and played on that, play for, that. for weeks. You know, this is the first, yeah. this is the first injury in his career that's kept him out of a game. Yeah, and that, yeah, so you basically have jinxed the Seahawks season. I think is what we're I've jinxed everybody. <laughs> I tell you, I have the snack. I, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you hear me talk somebody up, you know, go bet against. Them. Well, you heard our Mike's top ten, so bet against those. Although, yeah. uh, Although I did do pretty well on my betting picks this week. Well, you are pretty much the only person that did. I think, Mike, it was a cataclysmic week for uh, for many of us trying to bring the edge. I avoided the I avoided the massive spreads. And in <laughs> fact, I couldn't make my mind up about tonight's game. So I just punked out and said, take the over, um, which had gone <laughs> down to 42 and a half. So I still think that's a good bet. Um, I, I sort of decided on New Orleans, but in my mind, Jameis Winston on the road in in the in the dome is probably not much that much better than Gino. Yeah. But, oh, you know, but I, Gino, I think Winston's having a sneakily underrated. Well, he, he always does. You know, we, Winston is, I mean, he's is your ultimate boom and, boom and bust guy. But that's the point. He's not boom and bust this year. He's 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 protecting the ball much better than he ever much has. Better. Before. Yeah, much better. Yeah, not much better, but better. Okay, I'll take it. Alex, <laughs> hey, hey, anything that isn't 50-50, right? What was he, 30 or 30? I mean, he's what? Yeah. Uh, numbers in front of me. Nine no, I, I, I would love to see Jameis have a great season. Yeah, um, I really would. And, and it, it would make life much in, more interesting with, with New Orleans. Big time. Big yeah. time. Who uh, conspicuously not on your list, but as Mike said, no, but, but, but you know, the one thing about New Orleans and why I picked them in the end in this game, although Pete Carroll's defense gets all the attention and has Bobby Wagner and, and has Jamal Adams, I think they'll take advantage of Jamal Adams in coverage, to be honest. Um, um, Allen, Dennis Allen has actually done a great job the last couple of years coordinating that defense. And New Orleans defense plays pretty, pretty good. I mean, yeah, pretty, really. pretty steadily and pretty solidly. And I think they'll give, they'll give Gino enough trouble. Yeah. To, I um, think exactly right. That way around is, is where that one will be one. Yeah. I'm, I'm with the Saints as well. So given the weekend uh, we've had on this show, anyway, listeners pay no attention to what I'm saying on, <laughs> on who's going to win or lose that one. I Mike, brilliant stuff at Carlson sports is how you can follow the big man on Twitter. And of course, check out his Patreon column, uh, patreon.com forward slash Mike Carlson, FMT. E, some good Professor stuff Carlson that. will give a long essay on the quantum on the quantum oh, physics of the NFL officiating. <laughs> Doctor Carlson, I like to get the bow tie out, Mike. I want to see that. Uh, great to catch up with you, bud. Always appreciate. Always you. good. Look after yourself, bro. You too, man. Brilliant stuff from Iron Mike as ever, and he will be back next week for more. So will we later on this week. Of course, we're going to drop another college days. If you haven't already, go check those out in the vault uh me and ben looking primarily at at players that are in the college system right now that are going to be in the nfl next season so it gives you a little bit of a heads up an edge on your mates to get your brains around some players that are going to be talked about on this very show as nfl stars this time next year we look at some of the big action games in college as well so that's a lot of fun and that drops midweek usually our preview show shane vereen super bowl winner friend of the show former new england patriot shane dropping by later on this week so looking forward to catching up with him too me and propo licking our wounds a little bit licking our wounds just a bit we are no we're not really like the chiefs i'd say we're probably a little bit like 
I don't know who had a heavy blowout defeat went with the Ravens. I'd say with the Ravens right now that we've had a good season so far, but things kind of went off the tracks a little bit at the weekend, but we, I'm sure will be bouncing back with this week's edge rush. So that's going to drop uh, later on this week, Friday, Saturday, keep your eyes uh, focused on that one. Uh, I almost said eyes peeled. No, would have been right this time. It's posted my ears peeled. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, if you haven't already, by the way, Subscribe to the show, whichever podcast you listen to us on, because that way you don't miss any of these episodes. They just drop in automatically into your podcatcher of choice. And big shout out once again to everybody who's taking time to, to send messages either directly to us on social. We really appreciate that at the NC show, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, still no TikTok, or on the pod platforms you listen to Apple, uh, in particular reviews left up there. We massively appreciate that. It helps with spreading the word building the crew so a massive shout out to all of you taking time to do that right enough from me we'll be back later on this week we'll see you then bye for now fellow baseball nuts join us on the johnny and josh show with my baseball brothers where jc will endeavor to offer some insightful analysis and my friend eric jansen will offer quirky baseball trivia but we also have david langell who will combine a high level of inappropriateness with a low level of analysis the johnny and josh show available to download wherever you listen to your podcasts sports social podcast network